Well, for starters, I was incredibly attracted to Romeo, so I was already self-conscious about that. Second, we barely knew each other. I had no idea what he thought of me. What if he was dreading having to kiss me? What if he found me ugly or gross? And to top it off, what if I was a bad kisser? What if I ruined the show because everyone could tell that Romeo hated having to kiss Juliet? <laughs> I was freaking out. Hi, everybody. My name is Max, and today I'm getting personal with Julia Steyer, who performed the piece you'll hear today at our Gross Show back in March and April of 2019. Taking her thoughts out on a bouquet of roses, Julia remembers one of the worst kisses of her life and gives some advice on how to avoid that same fate. Julia, Welcome to It's Personal. Thank you for having me. That was the best description of that piece I've ever oh, heard. Oh, good, good. Oh, that was amazing. I worked for uh, for a little bit, actually, like half an hour. Just you succeeded. Going it paid off. Words. Oh, I loved that. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Talk to me about your piece. Tell me what your piece was about. Yeah, so my piece was about stage kissing mm-hmm. and kind of how terrifying it can be. Yeah. And I, when I was in Romeo and Juliet back in college... Obviously, the show has a lot of kissing between Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> sure. Um, and <laughs> You don't say. You don't say. And I just remember being terrified mm. because I actually, wrote, I actually wrote an essay about it in college. And in, 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 in the essay, I was talking about the need for intimacy choreographers. And so mm. it, was, it was kind of a bigger essay than what the piece ended up being. But basically, the point that I was making was that you can't just tell people to go on stage and kiss and be physical. And that's what was making me so nervous is because I wasn't sure what was allowed. Where do I put my hands? And it was even simple things like we needed to choreograph who turned their head which way. Right. Um, Because that changed each night. And this is even, I would imagine, before the time of Me Too. Right? Oh, yeah. So you're not even having to deal with that whole aspect. Yeah, it was like things. right before that. Right. I mean, and I 100% trusted everybody I was with. Right. Um, it was just, I felt silly being uncomfortable. Mm. And because, and it wasn't even an uncomfortable in terms of like, I feel unsafe. It was an uncomfortable in terms of, I don't want to look like a fool. Mm. I hear that. Yeah. And so that that essay... I, I broke down a lot of what was wrong, and that was me feeling uncomfortable. What went right, and mm. that was me realizing I didn't have to put all this pressure on me. And that actually something I went into the essay that I didn't get to go into the piece was that what really, really helped was not only the funny and breath and me being <laughs> like, oh, this is actually not right. uh, this serious, super serious thing. But my Romeo actually ended up pulling me aside and was like, would, would it make you feel more comfortable if we choreographed this? Oh. And I was like, yes, so it he, would. He read He read that discomfort. I was, was yeah. just not sure. What, so he was like, okay, the first kiss, I'm going to put my hands here. You're going to put your hands here. The second kiss, yeah. we're going to do this. And the third one, because they were supposed to be getting like more intense and more passionate. And I... As How 13, do do? 14 year olds do when they're yeah, right, in the right. of love, new love. Yeah. <laughs> Let us not forget Juliet was a child. An um, actual child. An yes. actual child. Um, and so I really, really appreciated that. Um, yeah, did that answer your question? It did. I guess my, the question I would ask further mm-hmm. is 
when you were asked by Liz and Riley to be a part of the Grow Show, mm. why this? Why did this become the thing that you ended up talking about? Because you've done other It's Personal shows. No, that was my first one. This was your first Gross one. Gross was my first one. So then, as your first piece, why is this the piece that you chose to do? You know, to be honest, I think I recognized that there was a lot of comedy in it. Mm-hmm, sure. And I think That's I, a valid reason yeah, to do something. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think I was like, well, this is something personal without like bearing my soul. Mm-hmm. And also, I just didn't know what I'd found gross. So I wrote <laughs> I wrote a bunch of starter pieces uh-huh. and was like, well, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. And none of them I had, I didn't have enough right. in any of them to right. be like, this could be a full piece. But I did have this essay and the Funyun thing was a comedic, gross thing. Oh, my thing. God. Absolutely. And I was like, well, what if I just cut away kind of some of the deeper stuff of, right. you know, and, and really get to the point of me overcoming my fear of stage kissing by this Funyun yeah. breath? Because that's funny. And it was also, I don't want to say I was hiding behind the comedy, but for your first time doing something that personal and that open, comedy yeah. helps. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I, I say this as someone who also performs as well, right? Who comes from mm-hmm. a performing background it's different being on stage. You know, I just, we just interviewed Gage about his piece and we talked about that same thing, how it's, uh, you know, it's funny when we've been doing these interviews, how many performers who have performed in its personal say, you know, I was all ready to get on stage and to talk about that incredibly intimate thing. But when I was off stage, I had no desire to talk about Lee said the same thing in hers. Lee and Riley said the same thing in that interview. They were like, it's weird to go on stage, do a personal thing. And then afterwards have people come up to you and be like, Whoa, like, let's yeah. talk more about that. You're like, no, I, I yeah. said what I was comfortable saying exactly. on stage. And there's a difference. I, I think I should point out that there is a difference between, hey, I also went through that yes. and I identify and, hey, let's delve deeper into that situation. Because yeah. then it's just like. Or the, the question I hate the <laughs> we most, and I don't there. know why, is that like, how is that really true? Like, I didn't know you felt that way. And I'm like, oh, now I'm getting like questioned about my pee. Like, I don't know. That, right. that could also just be me being a. Yeah, personal. You know, it, it. I'm interested in hearing about. You know, we talk sometimes about these pieces are all very personal, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times when the performers write these pieces, they're writing their piece just from their memory. But you had already written this piece in another format. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what that process was like. Not only taking it from that essay and formatting mm-hmm. it to be more ready for stage. You talked already about taking a certain part out of it. Mm-hmm. But then also, what was the process like once you got into rehearsals? Because I have found in talking to people about it on this podcast and elsewhere that the rehearsal experience is different for everyone. How they navigate the the kind of cutting down and the really yeah. getting to the core when it's such a personal story. Like, yes. how do you cut out those things? What was that process like for you? Well, just from the beginning of going from essay to personal piece, it was hard because it was killing your darlings. It was a mm. lot of killing your darlings. Yeah. I was like, no, I, I really like this part. I really like this part. And I think for me, because there were kind of two stories going on, I had to pick which one I wanted to talk about. Mm. And there wasn't enough space for me to go into the whole cho- like intimacy choreographer thing. So I was like, okay, so we're going to do the gross, funny one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the rehearsal process, I was really surprised at how much the activity helped Mm. my story in terms of inflections, pauses. And because I remember when I first started doing it, I was like, you know, and I'm sure everybody feels this the first time they do an It's Personal show. I was like, I I really think that mine could just be done standing and speaking. (laughs) Like, I feel like like that's all I really need to do for mine. Absolutely. 
And then <laughs> having the roses there and, and yeah. the challenge from Liz and Riley of like, well, can you find different ways to manipulate yeah. the flowers? How can you use them as props? How can you use them as sound effects? How can you use them to add to your storytelling? Right. Helped me find like, I don't even know like a good example of this, but. It's almost as if the the activity gives you some level of support. Yes, it's like a. It's like instead of having like a something to lean on, you you can always go into doing the. Yes, or right. like um, perfect example I think is when I was like throwing the flowers. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I actually did have that much anxiety about what I was saying that it would cause me to throw oh, a flower when yeah, I was sure. doing the blushing Juliet and playing with the roses. I that was a more playful part, and I mm-hmm. you know it brought that Absolutely. energy to that, and so I Absolutely. think the flowers helped me find different levels of energy we've been talking a little bit now about these flowers can you explain (laughs) so (laughs) i had a full bouquet of roses that i used and i snapped them in half and i crushed them and i at one point i ate one of the flowers you Um, you can hear your reaction it's when you're talking about mints yeah i uh picked off the petals and (laughs) stuffed them in my mouth and then had a very uh gracefully spit them out uh which was cute um yeah, and I was throwing them, and I was—I think I kissed them at one point, you did, um, yeah. and so it was—it was cool. They—they be, they kind of became my stage partner, mm-hmm. and so that was neat. Yeah, you left the whole stage just covered in just rose covered. Petals. It was like roses had been massacred. F- correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a tendency to do pieces that leave the stage covered and. At least yeah, twice Yeah, actually, now. yeah. So <laughs> I, in Bitches Get Personal, I threw dirt all over the ground. <laughs> I'm just very passionate yeah, when exactly. I speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and this, yeah. this uh, but for um, Crush, I'm very clean. It's just me and my guitar, so. <laughs> yeah. I spared the stage this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's true. You are in Crush. So I we're going to hear you about that. That show is in two Next weeks. Thursday. I think this no, episode this will actually come out after that show. Oh, okay. Do you want to give like a, we're not going to talk about it now. Okay. Because of. I guess you'll be on a future episode of a <laughs> podcast about it, but just like a, a little bit. What's that like opposed as opposed to this, the process of going through gross? Yeah. Has it been different? The thing I love about It's Personal is that they have challenged me to go farther with every single show. And not even because they say, oh, go farther than last time, but because I'm always so inspired by how much the people around me are sharing mm-hmm. that it's encouraged me to share a little bit more. So Bitches Get Personal was scary and I rewrote that one like six times because yeah. it was the first time I was doing a not comedic, here's an honest story. Yeah. And then um, with Crush, just a little sneak peek is I have never sung my original songs in front of an audience. And it was time. It, yeah. was, it was like the next hurdle to overcome of in terms of sharing and mm. opening up and being like, this is how I tell stories. Oh, what a preview. Yeah. So come see Crush. <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts of if Gross was your first show mm-hmm. with its personal Gross was also my first. Yeah, show we were newbies together. We were, and in fact, Gross was my first time on stage in Los Angeles. Really, it was. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I had I've never done anything else. Where are you from? North Carolina. Oh, okay. Miami till I was fifteen, and then North Carolina for about eight years. Oh after my that. gosh. Okay. Um, but uh, I've been on stage elsewhere in Los Angeles. Oh, is gotcha. the first. This okay. is the first time I'm on stage in L.A. And we met really. In the promo shoot for its per- yes. for its personal crush, we were paired together. We for- were, and I was wearing this shirt. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I guess that's why I just knew. Look I mean, at that! It was a gross occasion. Subliminal, <laughs> subliminal. Um, do you still perform? Yeah, I do. You talked to. Well, I guess let me be more specific. This piece is about you performing in Romeo and Juliet yes. on stage. Are you still performing in that capacity? I'm still performing, and I am still performing Romeo and Juliet, actually. What? I have, I'm have. i understudying 
at Theatricum Botanicum, their oh. educational show Where's of Romeo that? and Juliet. It's up in Topanga, but they get hired out to different middle schools and high schools. How cool is that? So right now I'm just understudying Juliet, okay. but I've been running the lines again, and it's been bringing back all these memories. Okay. Two households, both alike in dignity in Fair Verona, where we lay our scene. Very good. Break new mutiny. We're just civil blood, make civil hands unclean. Yeah. I messed. Oh, see, We're but I never ancient played grudge the prince. Breaks new mutiny. Yeah, I never played the prince. But so that's I, good. I you claim had a hard it anyway. pass. You had it anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. It's been fun. It's been fun. Good. Um, and um, do you still freak out over stage kisses? Oh, I think not as much anymore because I think I now know what I need. Mm. I know that I need to stop look at the person and say, hey, how are we going to do this? Mm. And I've realized it doesn't need to be a big deal. I just need to have that conversation of, just so you know, I'm going to put my hands here. Is this okay? Mm. Okay, great. I'm going to lean this way. You're going to lean that way. Um, and really kind of just taking control of that situation and realizing that like, it's okay. You don't have to be embarrassed. It doesn't look unprofessional to just stop, pause, even as something as simple as a kiss, even as something as simple as a hug. Mm. If you are not sure where you're going to put your face or whatever, it it really helps everyone involved. And it just takes a lot of that yeah. awkwardness out. Yeah. Have you found that, you know, you, you end the piece by saying, you know, all, what I realized is all I needed to do was relax. Mm-hmm. Have you found that that has helped you outside in the real world as well in your everyday interactions? Oh, just relaxing? Yeah, finding yeah. the space to just breathe. Yeah, um, I've been meditating more, which helps. And I think, especially in LA, it's such a go, go, go mentality. Mm. And I know I I very much get caught up in, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And just taking that time to relax and realize it gets done. Mm. It gets done. Take the foot off the gas pedal. Right. And I think that's something really important to not only just LA, but the entertainment industry in general. If you're working in the entertainment industry, it can really feel like, well oh my God, that person is five steps ahead of me. Yeah. How do I get there? Maybe if I keep working all through the night. and But it leads to burnout. And it's not worth it. Yeah, I have found in... Uh, I, I've just passed five years in Los Angeles and I Congrats. found... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, I will take that. <laughs> um, I, I found that the quickest way to depression and uh, a movie and Chinese food at two in the morning is comparing yourself to yeah. all the people around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've actually... I've been here about as long. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm coming up on six. Congratulations. Yeah, but four of those were still at school, and that was a very different sure. different transition. Sure. But How have you found that? How was going to school here? Oh, and just USC, transitioning right I loved into the real USC, world? but it was very much a bubble in terms of um, mm. what I thought L.A. was. And then I moved, and I was like, oh, my God, there's more to L.A. What is <laughs> I all know, of this? I'm still finding it's parts crazy. of L.A. Yeah. It's crazy. I just went to the Flower District for the first time. Oh, yeah. I've never made it down there. I've heard amazing. about it for, the like I said, six years. I've never it's amazing. gotten myself down there. My downstairs neighbors is teaching me how to sell succulents on Facebook. Oh. The margins are ridiculous. I'm I'll t- tell you about them later. <laughs> I'm also super allergic to flowers, so I feel like I would just oh, no. not. I think I've been avoiding it on <laughs> no. purpose. Yeah, that's probably for the best <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, uh, I think the uh, I have two final things mm-hmm. that I would like to talk about. The first is um, that I am personally offended uh, at your language about Funyuns. Um, I love Funyuns. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh no, where is this going? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I just wanted to, you to know that your words hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I apologize for my anti-Funyun Thank propaganda. You. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, and that's the last I'll say about it. Because as someone who did a piece all about how much I hate a particular food. Which I love. I am done with people <laughs> talking to me about cucumbers. So that's all I'll say about it. Uh, uh, and then the last thing, it, so every person who's come onto the podcast, we've asked them a question having to do with the theme of the show that they were in. Oh. So uh, what grosses you out? Dirty bathrooms. Dirty bathrooms. You just gross me out so much. Are you thinking about that because you were just in mine? No, yours is beautiful, <laughs> okay, actually. Great. Yours is very beautiful. Oh, fantastic. Um, no, I think just that was something I really had to learn when I graduated was, <laughs> was household care. Yeah. And, um, cause you know, in college they have house cleaners for the dorms and, mm -hmm. and stuff. And, um, and I, I mean, I did chores when I was a kid, but I haven't lived at home in years. And so getting into my own apartment and being like, Oh, if I don't wash the bathtub, it does not get clean. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have like my, it's like funny how that has to be a realization. I know. No, I, I think know. it was for me too. Like yeah. we bought a, a toilet wand <laughs> and like a, a bathtub scrubber. Yeah. And Isn't being an adult great. Oh my gosh. There's just so many <laughs> things to do in a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Not only for being part of, it's personal and being part of our alumni, really being involved, yeah. uh, but also for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Kissing can be <clears throat> complicated. There are so many things you have to consider. Kiss too energetically and you run the risk of bashing faces and clanking teeth. Kiss too timidly and it's just kind of weird. You mustn't bang noses. You have to find something to do with your hands. Oh, and whatever you do, do not have bad breath. Now, as uncomfortable and graceless as kissing can be, you can at least, usually, count on the fact that the other person wants to be kissing you. They're super into it. They like you. Oh, and you're sloughed up in the throes of passion. Who cares if things get a little sloppy? It's not like there's anybody there critiquing it. <laughs> However, there is uh, one type of kiss that is not afforded the safety net of privacy and mutual affection. And that is the stage kiss. <laughs> stage kisses are everything that's bad about regular kissing, but with a stranger. In front of an audience. I got to experience firsthand the challenges of the stage kiss my junior year of college when I played Juliet in USC's production of Romeo and Juliet. Now, as you should all know, the story is about a couple of star-crossed lovers who end up killing themselves. And because of that, the stage kiss is a vital part of the production. <laughs> and there were a ton of them. After the cast list went up, I had about two hours of celebratory joy before reality set in, and I realized I was going to have to get real comfy with my co-star. <laughs> That's when the panic hit. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I had a great Romeo. I had a gorgeous, talented, dreamy Romeo. But he was also easily the most intimidating person I had ever met. Not only was he so damn pretty, but he basically ran the theater department. He was involved in everything and was worshipped at our school. So I was terrified. Now, I am not new to kissing. I was a bit older than the blushing Juliet I was preparing to play. So what was I so afraid of? 
Well, for starters, I was incredibly attracted to Romeo, so I was already self-conscious about that. Second, we barely knew each other. I had no idea what he thought of me. What if he was dreading having to kiss me? What if he found me ugly or gross? And to top it off, what if I was a bad kisser? What if I ruined the show because everyone could tell that Romeo hated having to kiss Juliet? (laughs) I was freaking out. During the rehearsal process, I agonized over those kisses. I started obsessively brushing my teeth before every rehearsal. I would pop, rinse, into my mouth every five seconds. Oh. I didn't eat garlic for an entire month. I wanted to make kissing me as pleasant an experience as possible for him. I was nervous and wanted to impress him. And in trying to make things less awkward, I would (laughs) say my line, kiss him, and then back the fuck up. (laughs) I told myself I was being respectful of boundaries, but in reality, I was just letting my insecurity get in the way. And it started to affect my performance. I had no problems with my lines or my blocking, but every time one of those damn kisses came up, I would freeze. It finally got so bad that at one point my director had to yell, PASSIONATE! MAKE IT MORE PASSIONATE! I knew something had to change. Then one day the time came for one of our grand kissing scenes, and um, I noticed something different. Yeah, when you kiss someone a lot, you kind of get used to how they taste, if you know what I mean. And um, that day, Romeo tasted different. I could detect the unmistakable taste of Funyuns. Now, I hate those crispy little fuckers so much, I don't eat them myself. And tasting them secondhand, let me tell you, is not any better. And that's when I realized, my onstage lover did not give a fuck about these kisses. He was not stressing about them at all. He was so unselfconscious that he ate an entire bag of Funyuns before kissing me. And although I do not care for the leftover taste of fake crispy fried onions, it was probably the best thing that could have happened. Up until that point, I hadn't realized how hard I had been working to try to impress him and be his friend. Weirdly enough, those Funyuns proved that I had achieved that. They showed that he was comfortable around me and I could be comfortable around him. The realization let me relax and just have fun kissing him. (laughs) Now, as the final curtain came down, ending our onstage romance, I realized that was all I needed to do from the beginning. Relax. And although this story has a happy ending, please do not take Romeo as an example. If for some reason you ever find yourself having to kiss someone on stage, please, for the love of God, do not eat Funyuns beforehand! Thank you for listening to It's Personal, the podcast. For more information about live shows, merch, workshops, and collaboration opportunities, follow us on Instagram at It's Personal On Stage or online at itspersonalonstage.com. If you want to hear these stories in person, join us on March 26th and April 30th for Growing Up. Tickets are going fast.